Hi, I'm Mo Crum. And I'm Harrison Crum. And we're the Crummy Marathoners. This podcast is for beginners by beginners. If you're thinking about running your first marathon or half marathon or are in the process, this is for you. We realized as we were training that many resources out there expect people to know what they're doing when marathon training. Well, think of this as a marathon training guide for dummies. We'll go through many of the questions we have as we make our way through the beginning of our running journey and what we have learned. If we can inspire others to run a marathon, then we consider this a success. On today's episode, we talk to ultra runner Callie Vinson about her journey from losing 200 pounds to training for a 200 mile ultra marathon. You won't want to miss this story of her incredible journey. Welcome to episode bonus, episode 10. We're back. It's been a few weeks and we are so excited to be here to uh, talk to everybody that has missed us. Oh yeah, episode Diaz. All right. (laughs) So we didn't think we would make it to 10 episodes, did you, Mo? No. (laughs) That's not to say that we didn't want to, but I just didn't think we'd make it this far. I mean, I'm really proud that we've come this far. Um, we've found the podcasting experience to be far more enjoyable than we expected. Yes. And I think just getting, like, seeing the engagement from everyone from all over the world has definitely encouraged and inspired us to keep going. And it's also made this turn into something more than just a hobby. Absolutely. Like almost like a passion. Yeah. It is a passion, I would say. Even though it might be hard to, to drag you late in the night. <laughs> yes. Out of my... Well, it's Arizona. It's getting hot. We've been swimming pretty much every day with the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, for everyone who's been following along our podcast, we sold our house kind of randomly a couple months or about a month ago. And we've been living with most parents, my in-laws. Yes. And it actually has been a pretty pleasant experience, all things considered. No comment. (laughs) (laughs) Let's just say I have a little more patience when it comes to these things than Mo does. Harrison has a wonderful relationship with especially my mom. And I'm very close to my mom besides my husband. She is my best friend. But I think, you know, you know how they say three is a crowd? Three is a crowd? Is that? I don't think that's how it goes. (laughs) Well, we have like. Three's company? Three's company? I don't know. I can't remember. Okay, well, we have like eight or ten. <laughs> There's like nine people living under this roof. Yeah, they have they have a large home, but the thing is, you've got our family, so there's four of us, and then you got my my mom, my stepdad, and then you got my two brothers. Yes, who are kind of in transitional phases yes. of their lives, also like we are. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's been interesting to say the least. Mm-hmm. It's been fun. It's been we're very grateful. But it has been crowded. <laughs> it's been pretty crowded. It's so so much so that we're sitting on the laundry room floor recording this. Mm-hmm. We're used to sitting on our bedroom floor. That's true. But in our new home, we will have a studio, which we're excited about. <laughs> also known as my man cave. Yes. It's going to be a hybrid. Yeah, actually, you have a really good point. We will have a studio. Ooh, yes. wow. Look at We're getting legit. We're getting legit. We're going to have the foam things on the wall. Okay. Maybe a disco ball. Okay. We're going we're gonna to get... We're going to get at it. That's my other project. We've been house planning. Yes. So why don't you tell everybody how you uh, spend your late nights on your phone? Well, it's not on social media. It's instead on Canva and <laughs> Wayfair and all these random lighting company websites. So you've been shopping for all the different lighting fixtures for our new home. Yeah. because we're colors, yes, flooring. We're very excited to move in, but we have to do some works. We have to paint, we have to do new floors, and then trying to find light fixtures that go with our style. Yeah. I let, I put all that in Mo's hands, and I kind of have the executive decision when she says, okay, do you like this? It's Most of the time, it's yes. I'm <laughs> yeah. pretty easy to please. He is. He is. He's so good. Well, we want to let everybody know that we are organizing sort of a virtual running group. Woo-hoo. Um, we put this out on social media, and we had a pretty good... Um, reception people from kind of all over the world saying, Hey, we, we'd like to participate in this. And so 
be on the lookout for that. Follow us on Instagram at Crummy Marathoners, and we're going to put out a basically a training plan in the marathon, the half marathon. It's called the Gilbert Half. It's the town that we live in, and it's going to be in November. And so we'll basically put out a sort of weekly plan of what you need to do that week so that you can prepare with us and be ready to run your half marathon by then. Um, this is going to be designed for people who have uh, very little or no running experience. Mm-hmm. And no matter where you are in the country, or even in the world for that matter, right? You yeah. can follow along. Totally. Yeah. Well, Mo, now it's time for shout outs. Shout outs. We've got some exciting ones this week that we want to share. Uh, first one coming from Ireland. So, Ireland. Yeah. So this listener said, so cool. please forgive me. I don't know how to pronounce this town. It's Killarney, maybe? K-I-L-L-A-R-N-E-Y. However you pronounce it. And I've been to Ireland. I should know this. He has. Um, he said, so since lockdown, I started back road running and have decided to aim for a half marathon. I'm 33 and used to do a lot of adventure races years ago, but I got a bad knee injury playing rugby. That's oh, so European. Rugby. So cool. Awesome. I've never gotten back to that level of fitness again. I was just happy to be back playing rugby, but with rugby, you would have some injury or niggle every six to eight weeks. So with no sports or sports field open, I've decided to aim to do a half marathon. The annual one here is one of the most scenic in the country. So in four weeks, I've gone from 5K to 10K, but suffering shin splints at the moment. So just walking this week and started listening to podcasts for the first time, I searched marathon running for beginners and came across yours. So really enjoying them. Keep up the great tips. Much appreciated. And what I thought was great about this listener is he said he has promised a young lady who suffers from butterfly syndrome in Dublin that he'll run the half marathon um, in her honor. So, wow. He said, walk or crawl, he will get this done. So, great listener out of Ireland. Thank Thank you you for listening. Thank you. I feel so honored. Such a good person would listen to us. Oh, okay. So we have another listener from Australia. We need to go to Australia. This is a sign. Did you know? I looked at the stats. 8% of our listeners are in Australia. What? Okay. I think it's a sign. I, what was the movie that the Olsen twins were in? Uh, Down Under. Were they in a movie? (laughs) In Australia. I'm positive they were in a movie. Isn't it like Parent Trap or something? No. That's Lindsay Lohan. I'm talking about Mary Kane Ashley. (laughs) What? Okay, it's embarrassing. We're gonna have a little like movie marathon. No, the Olsen twins. Can you Google it? The Olsen twins were in a movie, and I think it was based in Australia. It was called Down Under something. Anyway, I knew when I watched that movie that Australia would play a part in my life somehow. And lo and behold, our lips are sealed. Our lips are sealed. See, see, I told you. I, I knew it. That's a good one. That is a good one. See, and I knew it. I knew it then. I think. I think I have an innate bond with Australians. I've always loved the accent. I just feel like the culture is so cool. Okay, I'll just read this. (laughs) So anyway, hi there, guys. I'm from Australia, and I just found your podcast. I'm so happy I have. I have been wanting to get into running for so long now, but just recently I have been battling a bit of depression and looking for something to throw myself into. And listening to you guys has really made me motivated to slowly get into running and not put pressure on myself to be this amazing runner straight away. I just wanted to say thank you and keep doing your thing because I'm sure I'm not the only person you are helping. I'm going to cry. Like I'm legitimately going to cry. No. Honestly, that's what gives us, I think, the most satisfaction doing this podcast. Oh, yeah. Hearing the difference that we're not making, but we're uh, enabling or not enabling. I guess we're starting the conversation. Yes, I love that. Starting the conversation, opening the door so that we can all be in this together, you know, like virtually sitting down, audibly sitting down and just having this type of community. And I think people are going to hear on today's podcast um, the amazing story of Callie Vincent and how inspiring she is and we'll kind of give you that same sentiment of we're all in this together we all can overcome any challenge that we face oh yeah and especially in these challenging times i think it's so important to reach out to other people but also to reach out in in other avenues you know whether it be podcasts or music or things like that so thank you so much to our listener and our i'm gonna say our friend i'm not even gonna say a listener i'm gonna say our friends all right. From Australia and well, Ireland. Let me hit you with another one from uh, from Australia. So okay. he says, I'm 21 and I'm from South Australia. I started my running journey in January this year and had 
joined a local park run. Side note. Okay. I learned what a park run was okay. in talking to someone from Australia recently. Mm. Apparently it's where people get together in a park every Saturday and they race a 5k. What? So they do it all over in Australia. He said like, I can't remember how many cities they do it, but it's a thing over there. And he said, they're starting to bring it to the U S so cool. I've never heard of it, but it sounds awesome. Okay. So he said, I joined a local park run doing five kilometers on Saturday uh, mornings and running throughout the week. When COVID-19 hit, park runs closed, and I was mm. looking for motivation to keep my routine going and came across your podcast. I'm so glad I did. I listened to all of season one in a day. Whoa. Dedication, man. Whoa, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Mo hasn't even listened to all of our podcast episodes. <laughs> I'm just I'm, I'm probably... I'm kidding. <laughs> Arizona does all our editing. I literally just sit down here. Okay. Moving on. I listened to all of season one in a day after work. And I, after that very same day, I ran my very first half marathon along the coast. Oh, congratulations. I'm now more than ever excited to train for a full marathon. I was so motivated and encouraged by your podcast and know so many others are too. Can't wait for more episodes. Wow. Well, thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank sir. you. Thank you so much to our friends from Ireland and Australia and just all over for listening, but more importantly, for sharing with us a bit about your life. I mean, I really, truly feel like it connects us and I feel, you know, stronger and being able to continue running, but also continuing to, you know, keep going every day, just having this bond, this unity. Absolutely. I agree, Mo. So anyway, so continue to keep reaching out to us uh, if you want, and we would love to hear from more of you. I would love that as well. Yes. And who knows, one day we could come and run with you. Hey, you never know. We're only 10 episodes in. I know. So we're really excited to share with all of you uh, the story from this week. Um, her name is Callie Vincent, and I'm going to save a lot of the details for her to tell. But her tagline is 200 pounds for 200 miles. And so she'll talk about what that means. Um, we kind of just jumped right into the conversation. I cut out a lot of the chit chat, but um, go ahead and, and uh, crank up the volume. And here goes the interview with Callie Vincent. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So you live in Chicago. Were you born and raised there? No, I uh, was born and raised in Orlando and I lived there until I was 18. So I graduated high school and then um, went to Savannah, uh, Savannah College of Art and Design for school, stayed around for additional year, get my graduate degree. And then I got an internship here in Chicago um, at an agency called Ogilvy. And then I just haven't left since. So I've been here for almost 10 years now and um I like it but you know the world is is large and I love to explore so who knows <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what kind of what line of work are you in you said I ad agency for, 
Yeah, I work for advertising on the creative side, so I'm a copywriter. So oh wow. I yeah, so I work with art directors as my partners, and we come up with ad campaigns. Nice. And do yeah. you? Um, you said you did a graduate degree. Was was that in business in advertising? What was that? Yeah, that was in advertising, specifically copywriting. Um, it was okay. actually the first year that my college offered that program. Um, wow. And I just, it, that was, um, what, 2009? So it was around the recession, recession. So I was like, you know what, I'm going to stick around in school for another year and just see how this pans out. So it was a good decision. Glad I, I stayed and, um, you know, got to dive further into writing on the advertising side of um, uh, my career. So yeah, it was That's a good awesome. decision. Yeah. yeah. Cool. So what do you do for fun outside of running? Oh gosh. Uh, for fun, I would say I, I hang out with my dog. I have a 11 year old rescue and I'll take him on long walks around the city. But I would say, you know, most of my time is spent either working or running. Uh, I don't really get into many TV shows. I, I'm hardly sitting down when I'm home. Um, but I would say most of the time I hang out with with people which is it's difficult to do these days because everyone's you know isolated in in their own spaces but you know we make we make it work through facetime calls and zoom calls um yeah. but lately my fun has just been getting out around the house you know running in circles to stay close sure. to home yeah um and then spending time with the dog and then you know finding ways around my place to stay creative too i I was digging around in my closet and I found an old set of, of markers. And so I've started getting back into illustrating, which is something that I only did back in school, but you know, yeah. why, why not now? So that's awesome. Um, and I yeah. saw you, I saw you do some Strava art. <laughs> yeah, I'm so fascinated exactly. by that. How does that, how does that even work? Can you explain yeah. that? So that was my, um, whatever my first drawing as you would say was that was the first time I actually did it um I've always seen you know cyclists or other runners creating Strava art and thought it was awesome Chicago is also a great city for it because we live on a grid system so it's easy to 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 draw letters or shapes because you can easily go left right in a short distance and create you know curves as you as you need them but sure I would I would say just from digging around, I was hoping that there was an app that would make it very simple, um, but there's not. So maybe there's an I opportunity I, there. <laughs> yeah, ex exactly. <laughs> if anyone's listening, um, yeah. So what I did is I, I took a screenshot of Google Maps where I thought, you know, this is where I thought would be a good place to do the run. I would take that into Photoshop and then use the pen or marker tool and just kind of doodle for, for me letters. Cause I, I opted yeah. into writing words, um, doodle where I think, you know, streets could make each letter and I would go back and erase and have to kind of shift it to the right or shift it left or make it bigger, make it smaller. Um, sometimes when I first started, I made it way too big and my first drawing <laughs> ended up being like 150 miler. And I was like, well, let's, let's settle down. So but did you do that all at one time? I, well, I didn't do the 150. I shrunk it down to a small Oh, chunk. gotcha, gotcha. Um, but at my, what was it the second or the third Strava art I just recently did ended up being a 106 miler, but there's more to it because it ended up being a, like 135. But um, so it's fun because I mean, you get to doodle in Photoshop and then you find your drawing and then you have to take that and cross-reference it with your, your route that you plan through Map My Run. And so you just select your starting point based on what you've drawn in Photoshop and then just keep going. Um, there are tricks to it. Um, luckily, it doesn't happen too often in Chicago. Like I said, there, it's on a grid system. There's, so there's a lot of streets. But, you know, yeah. oftentimes there will be a, a place where a street ends, but then it connects, you know, on the other side. There might be like two houses in between. So a trick is, if, if anyone wants to try and do this, is when you're out on the run, pause your Garmin or your watch where that that point a ends and then run around to where point b would be to create that straight line and then gotcha. you start your watch again so on on gps it'll show that you've gone straight across but really you went around which will inevitably add miles to your your actual run but sure you know, strava art the miles don't really matter it's, <laughs> it's what you it's what you create that matters yeah. right <laughs> well so i'm looking i'm looking on instagram at your 106 miler 
Yes. So how it took you 25 hours, but probably more because you said there was like 130 something. Yeah. Did you do that all in one yes. day? One, well, I one guess one weekend. In, yeah. Okay. <laughs> wow. That's so, yeah. amazing. <laughs> and it ended up being longer because like I said, I have a dog. And yeah. um, so I started on, was that like Friday afternoon? I started um, way up north of Chicago and then I got to the most West Point I could that was late enough in the day. Um, that I would be late enough for him to have his dinner. So then I paused my Garmin. I walked back home. Uh, I took him on his night walk, fed him his dinner. And then I walked back to where I last paused the Garmin, started again, and then kept going, kept doodling, kept doodling, kept doodling. And the Saturday morning would be breakfast time. So I'd have to pause wherever I was, walk back home, do the same thing. Wow. And then do this, you know, Saturday night for his dinner and his nightly walk. And then Jeez. the same thing, uh, Sunday morning for breakfast. So it, yeah, it ended up being around 135, but the, That's awesome. yeah, Strava says well, I can't it was 106, but it was well, fun to do. It took the entire weekend. I'm so glad that the weather was nice because you never know in Chicago <laughs> springtime <laughs> yeah well for anyone who doesn't know what Strava is Strava is a great almost like social media type app but it's it's a running app so kind of like map my run and it allows you to track everything that's what I use so it, obviously listeners can follow me I'm sure uh, they can follow you um, yeah uh, what how can our listeners find you on Strava if they wanted to um I guess the best way to do it is just be to search my name which is Callie Vincent uh, should pop up. My photo is is me with my braids, and I've got a mask over my face that looks like a skull. So <laughs> there you go. There you yeah. go. Awesome. So I want to back up. So we talked about Strava art. That's fascinating, and and you do ultra marathons, and we'll get into that. But yeah, I, I want to go back to kind of when this all started for you. So you you were born and raised in Orlando. You moved out to Chicago when you got your first job, right? That's what it sounds like. Yes. And and so, but at what point did you, in that story, did you start running? It wasn't until, let me think, maybe two years. I would say like two years, two or three years after I moved to Chicago. Oh, let's say two. Because um, when I first moved here, I mean, it was all about just starting my career, focusing on my career and, sure. you know, jumpstarting it, making sure I, you know, you know, set good grounds in because I had to network and that was, you know, priority. That was me literally coming to Chicago with two suitcases to start this new life. And, <laughs> and that's what I did. And so that was priority, which was great. But then I, you know, I just started noticing that my health was de deteriorating and it wasn't that great in college. When I was much younger, I played sports. I, I, I loved soccer and rowing. Those are probably my two most favorite sports. And I actually almost went to college to be a rower at, at Berkeley. Um, but last minute decided I'm going to go to art school instead. <laughs> so <laughs> wow. that was a life choice. But anyway, I, I get to Chicago and I've got, I've, I've got a rhythm going for my career and it's time to, you know, you know, make myself better in a different way. So I turned to, to my health and I started focusing on that. I was uh, very overweight. Um, my eating habits were terrible. I was going out all the time. Typical, you know, typical young adult, but I was just, you know, to the extreme, which I guess has been the theme of my life because I'm an ultra running. But <laughs> um, I, I started running one day because I was like, you know what, healthy people do this. So I'm going to start. And maybe four months later, I got a stress fracture in my knee. And I was like, all right, well, maybe I went a little too, too, too big, too fast. Um, so I had to wait, what was that like six weeks? And then I started again, I would do a mile and then do a mile the next day, but add a little bit, maybe two miles the next day, three, and just kept building, um, yeah. until I got comfortable enough. Cause I mean, for me, I, like I was even just afraid to just go outside and run because I was just so worried of what people thought of what I looked like. I mean, as a new runner, so to speak, um, I was like, am I is this the right form? I have no idea. Am I wearing the right stuff? I have no idea. Sure. Um, so I just, I, I noticed myself being more observant of, of other runners in the city and just seeing like, what are they doing? Or, or, you know, just asking around people at work, like, do you guys go for runs? Like, do you run on the treadmill? Do you run outside? Um, so I, I had to get used to just running outside regularly and not caring if what people thought of me. And so finally that became a norm. Um, I never signed up for races because that, that anxiety or that feeling was still within me. 
but eventually I started getting healthy. I started losing weight. I've ultimately lost um, a little over 200 pounds, but um, I, I started getting more confident and started running further. And one day I just, I woke up and I was like, I'm going to try and run a half marathon. I'm just going to go see and if I can cover 13.11 miles. And, and I went out and hours later I came back and I did it. I I thought, (laughs) all right, well, if I could do that, maybe I could double that. And so this theme in my life has kind of been double or nothing, but anyway, um, so I think it was one day I was on the train platform and this must've been October because I, the newspaper I had in my hand had the Chicago, like a feature of the Chicago marathon on the front. And I hmm. thought to myself like, man, that's, that's crazy that these people do this. And, um, I think by the time I was heading home from work that day, I had already found a way to sign up for it. So my wow, first so- race that I, I signed up for was the Chicago marathon in 2016. Um, and it was terrifying. I had no idea how to put a bib on. I still kind of wasn't sure if I was wearing the right gear. Um, but you know, I, I, I went out, there were people who I knew that would be out there too, or cheering or supporting. My mom actually came up from Atlanta to come watch me and I did it. And it was an amazing experience. Yeah. So that was, so that was your first full and that was Chicago marathon. You said 2016. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. And before that you'd run a half, but that was kind of just on a whim. It was not a, 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 an actual half yeah. race. No, it was more just was a virtual going out for six and a half miles from my apartment, turn around and coming back. <laughs> wow. And how much weight had you lost by that point in time? Had you lost the full, mm-hmm. like you said, 200 pounds or, or were you still kind of in the, in the process of that? I think I was still in the process of that pretty close to the 200 mark, but I would say I was probably around like 160, 170 lost. Um, so I still had a little bit to, to go to reach a goal, but, um, I still, I felt pretty healthy at the time and, sure. um, I, I, training, uh, was going well. I mean, I, I read books. I of course picked up the book born to run cause that's what every runner does. <laughs> <laughs> um, and found a training plan online and I stuck with it as much as I could. And yeah, I just, I just kind of went with it. I've always been. I guess you'd say an independent person. So I always like to try and do things by myself or on my own. So that, that helped me along the way, but it was also very helpful to pick up from, you know, friends at the office, like had, they've done the Chicago marathon before. Of course, a couple sure. of people had, um, or just, you know, whatever I'd read online or in a book, but yeah. yeah. So, um, and, and I know it's probably hard for you to, to talk about and maybe it's not, but losing that much weight, um, mm-hmm. th- how, how did, how did you do that? Because I'm sure there's people listening that they, they may feel that they've got some pounds to shed and, and they may look to you as, as an inspiration that if you could lose 200 pounds, you know, then they probably can too. Um, yeah. How did you go about that? Oh man, a lot of trial and error. <laughs> uh, I think it started about the time that I picked up running because, you know, I thought, well, you know, diet and exercise, that's how you do it. So I, I've got the exercise regimen down. I got to work on my diet too. Um, my eating habits were terrible. <laughs> I would eat fast food all the time and advertising. There's, there's catering on every single floor of the agency. So oh, man. a plethora of options are right at your, your fingertips. So I had to learn control and I also had to learn how to meal prep. So one of the first things I did to try to start, you know, changing my habits was just to pack my lunch every day. And that became my thing. I would make a big salad and you know it would change every every week or every two weeks but i that would be my thing that i would just make the healthy the healthiest part of the day and then i would work on the next goal once i've conquered that so sure what really helped me along the way was just creating these very small attainable goals i mean it's not like one day i woke up and said i'm going to lose 200 pounds oh, okay no. <laughs> <laughs> it was it was just focus on this one baby little step make your lunch every day and then once you've got it you know once that becomes a rhythm for a month move on to something else yeah so you know running was something that i was just kind of you know picking up um from the start but I had already got that down to a rhythm. So then I started with the lunch and then I moved on to making my own dinner. And then it became, you know, maybe I'll make a protein shake, protein shakes for breakfast. And so I eventually became the person who only ate what they cook, which I know is is hard to do. But for me, it worked really well because I like to be able to know exactly um, what I was putting in my body as, as a 
up-and-coming athlete or a runner, as, as one would say. Sure. Um, so I wanted to know that I was fueling myself properly because when you're, you know, getting into running, um, no matter the distance, you know, fueling yourself for the run for recovery is so important. It's only going to help you, um, feel better on the inside. It's only going to help your run go, uh, way better, way smoother, but then also it's going to help reduce injuries too. I've, I've learned to, add um, certain foods to my diet that I know are anti-inflammatories. And so they help just, you know, reduce, you know, swollen legs or help reduce any kind of pains in your, in your joints or your bones. Um, But yeah, I would say in the beginning, it was a lot of trial and error. And so just creating these very small goals helped me. I've tried every single diet out there. I've gone keto. I've done the whole 30. I've done the 21 day fix. I mean, If it's out there, I tried it. <laughs> and did any of those did any of those have sustainable results, or was it more so just like you said, the lifestyle change? It was more so the lifestyle change, but I would say, and still to this day, I stick to a paleo diet, which inevitably that just means that I'm I'm cutting out dairy, I've cut out sugar, um, I've cut out a lot of legumes and and beans. Some I will incorporate into my diet because I also try and stick to a plant based diet. I will eat some um, some animal products like salmon. I've been on a big salmon kick lately for some reason. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, but it's just I'm loving it, so I'm just going to keep doing it. But um, uh, yeah, I would say that I just try and stick to whole whole foods or single ingredient items. So yeah. when I go to make a breakfast, my, my lunch or dinner, I, I stick to like, you know, um, the, my lunch is going to be, uh, spinach and tomato, cucumber, uh, balsamic vinegar and a meat. It's going to be filled with just a bunch of like greens or vegetables and then yeah. some kind of meat. So. so a lot of people are probably wondering, okay, you're on a, you're on a plant-based diet for the most part, maybe a little salmon here and there, but then you're going for a 130 mile run on the weekend. How do you yeah. possibly fuel, fuel yourself enough to not pass out on these runs? So what's the secret there? Yeah. So um, I would say for me, specifically when I'm, you know, getting ready for a longer run, I don't really do the carbo load thing. I know that that's a pretty popular, um, you know, eating whatever that people do before a marathon or an ultra marathon. Sure. But what I'll do is just eat like a, maybe a, a little bit more carbs throughout the day, just maybe the two or three days leading up to a big run or a big race. Um, and really that just means adding in potatoes, like sweet potatoes. I love to eat. I'll, I'll have some fruit. I, I don't really drink my calories as some people would say. So I stick to black coffee, tea, and water. That's usually um, my fueling choice for, for liquids, but for food, I would say I just stick to really healthy, lean uh, proteins and also just whole ingredients, carbs. So sometimes I'll have brown rice or sometimes I'll have wild rice or buckwheat, but an oatmeal, just if I'm, you know, getting ready for a long run or a long race, but uh, during the races, that's when I'll have just just little bits at a time. I'm not one of those um, runners, and more power to them who can who has the stomach for them. But I, I can't do chews or goos; those oh, never really? really worked for me. No, I think it's because they're just too concentrated in sugars. Sure. Um, so what I I like to do is eat uh, Lar bars, RX bars; those are my jams. I love and those. And then also um, baby food, <laughs> the oh, little wow. baby food pouches. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause they have some that are just like pureed sweet potato or sweet potato and pear or apple. And so yeah. those work well for me. They're not as um, calorically dense as say a Lara bar or an RX bar. Right. Um, but also sometimes, you know, if it's a, if it's a, it's a, if it's a race, I'll make my own PB and J's cause I love them with Ezekiel bread and raspberry jam and sunflower butter. <laughs> and I nice. know that's probably not going to be in an aid station. So I, I make them ahead of time. Sure. And I can stuff them into my hydration vest and I'm, I'm good to go. But yeah. I've also just trained myself not to depend um, on too much food during a big race or too much water even. So even, so when I did uh, like that 106 uh, mile Strava art, the biggest problem, especially nowadays is a lot of places are closed. So sure. usually what I would do is not even worry about it. I know that there's a gas station that would be open. I know there's a grocery store that could be open. Right. Um, but I had to plan where those places would be so that if I needed more water or I needed more 
um, RX bars or alarm bars or a bathroom, I had to make sure that those would be along the way so that I could, you know, pick up and use the, the grocery store as my aid station um, and then continue on my way. But yeah, that's yeah. what's nice about ultras is you go six or seven miles, 10 miles, and there's this huge buffet of options waiting for you <laughs> in the middle of the woods. Oh, I need to try that, man. Yes. I mean, that. if you want to talk about something that got me into ultras, there you go. <laughs> there's a snack station every seven miles. <laughs> wow. Okay. So, I, and I do want to get into that, but before we jump into that, because that is fascinating, sure. um, you, you talked about foods that reduce inflammation that helps you Mm -hmm. reduce injury. This is an interesting concept because I've never correlated and I'm a beginner runner myself. So, um, forgive my ignorance, but I've never correlated food with recovery and injuries. So can you expand on that a little bit more? What types of food help you recover and help you avoid injury? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, as like a a blanket statement, I would say anything that's considered a superfood is going to be um, even more powerful at helping to reduce, um, injury. And when I say reduce injury, I mean that foods for me specifically like turmeric root, ginger root, um, not eating those dairies and sugars or certain grains, um, things that are known to cause inflammation versus reduce it are are just going to help you because, you know, after a long run, whether it be a training run or, or a race, um, you know, you're, you're, your muscles are rebuilding and, you know, your legs are swollen. So it's in that time that they're using whatever fuels in your body to build back those muscles or build back the, that structure. So especially after a race, I know that's when you want to go celebrate and that's when you want to like dive into your cheat meal because you worked hard for it. Trust me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I that's look me. forward to those. Oh, I, I'm thinking about that for the last like half of the race. <laughs> I'm like, I cannot wait to get that yeah. burger. Yeah. <laughs> But um, I would, for me, what I've, I've found help, and I've been injured a lot, trust me, but um, what's been helping me lately the past year or two is right after a run, and I would say within the, the next like 24 hours after a run, that's when I focus on really good food, a lot of superfoods, okay. um, because that, that's when your body needs the most, because that's when it, your body is healing and recovering from all the damage that it just went, it went through. So sure. that's when I make myself... Um, if I'm able to, I make myself a shake that's got, like I said, turmeric root and ginger root, um, carrots. I like to put in there like chia seeds, hemp seeds, just a lot of nutrient dense foods Yeah, that's going to help, um, reduce that inflammation and it's going to help your body, um, build it, build itself back stronger than before, basically. So no more donuts right after a big run. Cause that's my weakness. Man, I don't blame <laughs> you. <laughs> in Chicago, you can find a really good donut shop every mile or so. Oh man. I used to live in the Boston area and they were Dunkin' Donuts everywhere. Although the donuts at Dunkin' Donuts aren't very good. If you've ever, if you've ever tried those, they're, they're they're mediocre. Yeah. They're, they do what they do. (laughs) Yeah. I totally understand. Yeah. (laughs) So when you got started running, um, I'm sure you were tempted to eat a lot more because um, that's how I am. When I, when I first started running and still to this day, um, as I run, I work up a, a, a greater appetite. Mm-hmm. And it's really tempting for me to not eat a ton of food. And, and, you know, this is just kind of basic knowledge, but I think most people understand that I think it's 3,600 calories, either plus or minus lead to a pound gained or lost. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, so you'd have to run 36 miles to really, and, and keep your same diet to really lose a pound. And, and right. so, I mean, I'm sure there's more complications to it than that, but so when you got started losing weight and, and starting this process, um, since we're talking about eating, were you tempted to eat a bunch more or were you really disciplined to to keep your diet kind of even even healthier? That was something that I just kind of learned through the years, because like you said, the more I started running, I just noticed the hungry I was all the time, always hungry, wake up hungry, go to bed hungry. Um, but I, I learned to, to fuel your body throughout the day consistently. So I would, I would wake up and have a small breakfast and then I would have a small snack between breakfast and lunch. I would have lunch, small snack between lunch and dinner and then dinner. Um, and that's, that's how I was really in the beginning was sticking to this diet and always making sure that protein was involved too. And all of that, because it only helped me feel fuller. Um, I also like to break it down and that I would have more, um, carb, 
dense foods towards the beginning of the day because you're going to use that um, as energy throughout the day. Sure. But then start introducing more fat heavier items at night because that's going to help um, help you stay fuller throughout the night when you're not eating, but your body's still you know, active and it's still, um, burning calories. So that you're having something that is more like fattier, like an avocado or, um, coconut oil or whatever it be, um, introduced at dinner versus in the morning when you need more carbs to fuel, especially if you're going to go run later that day too. Sure. Um, but yeah, I, I too notice always being hungry. <laughs> I think my, my body's finally just kind of, you know, leveled out, sure. uh, so to speak. But, um, I too would get back from a run and just be starving. <laughs> like yeah. you'd open the fridge and you were just eat a whole meal and then feel hungrier almost than you were before you ate that. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I, I can totally relate to that. Yeah. And so, I mean, I would just, I would, I would drink a ton of water or my black coffee to help, to help offset that. But then just making sure I, I controlled my portions because, um, and making sure I, like I said, have a lot of protein within each meal. And when I say a lot, I mean like between 20 and, and 30 grams of protein. Sure, um, sure. Anything over than that is just your body's going to store it as fat. But um, yeah, I would say it's really about balance. I mean, for your whatever you're having on your plate. Um, but just breaking them out into smaller meals helps. Because, and then also too mentally, if I had breakfast and it was not as much as I would have liked, I just remind myself like, look, you're going to eat like two more. You're going to have your snack in two hours. You're fine. <laughs> sure. Sure. Okay. So, so from the time you started running, you, you said kind of a couple years after you got to Chicago, um, to the time that you ran your full marathon, how much time, how many years were passed there? Ooh, uh, four years, four or five years. Okay. So this so wasn't, there was, there was a lot of time to go through, you know, mistakes and learn and, yeah. um, just kind of, have a set up, make a ground base of like of my running schedule basically. And then that's when I started looking around and noticing that people were doing races sure. <laughs> versus where I had just been focusing on getting healthy. Well, and, and I asked the question because I think a lot of people who are discouraged by running, they say, Oh, I'm not a runner. I, I hate running or I don't like running, but, but they don't right. realize that it takes a lot of consistency and a lot of time. So it's not like you just worked yourself up from nothing to a full marathon in, in a matter of a couple months. Like this took you years to do, to lose the weight, to get your body ready for that, right? Right. Yes, exactly. And then from there, so you ran your first full Chicago marathon. And then how did you, did you keep running fulls and then finally get into ultras or how did that progress? Yeah. So I did my first uh, full in 2016. And then after that, I just started picking up halves and 5Ks and 10Ks. And I was the person who was signing up for everything. I think 2017 was the year I ran. If there was a race, I was probably signed up for it <laughs> just because I wanted to experience it all. You know, I, I just got this confidence that I could do a marathon. Um, yeah. So why not, you know, do everything and make them fun runs and part of training. And I'd already in my mind, as soon as the marathon was over that I want to do it again the next year. And I did. Um, but it was sometime in the next, in that next year, 2017, I was, um, at a running group and we were waiting to start and I picked up a magazine. I think it was runner's world. And I opened and I, I saw this article on ultra marathons and people were running these 50 milers and hundred milers and they were out in the woods on these trails. And I was like, these people are nuts. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I've always been an outdoorsy person. I've loved being in the woods. I love being outside. Um, I have no problem getting dirty. Totally fine. So I was intrigued and I went online and did some more research about it and learned about AIDS at the aid stations that were at ultras. And it's so funny, the contrast between the aid station at a marathon and a trail ultra, you know, you go to your marathon aid station and you're there for what? two seconds yeah, yeah. <laughs> you you grab a water you chug it and you go right and that's right. it yeah and an ultra it's like stick around a while have a yeah. snack do you need to sit down <laughs> it's so funny and then the, the the options that are there are also very interesting i mean your basic spread at an ultra is you've got your potato chips your pretzels nuts m&ms swedish fish cookies oreos oh. are always <laughs> oh, popular man. I'm telling you, um, soda, there's always Coke, Mountain Dew. Sometimes there's wow. shots of fireball. You never know. Jeez. Um, 
I mean, they can get as, as glamorous having burritos for you or grilled cheeses that are fresh off the grill. Um, that's when you get into, you know, hundreds where you might sure. be running at breakfast time the next day <laughs> and right. someone's got a breakfast burrito for you and it saves your life. But <laughs> how, how, do your, um, how do your legs endure that? So coming from a, just a, a marathoner, I don't under I can't fathom after 26.2 how would I keep going so what's the str- I mean and this isn't an ultra uh, related podcast so you don't have to get super detailed but I, I guess I'm just yeah. curious how you got your body to continue to go the distance beyond just those 26 miles yeah so that was another thing that I, I read in that magazine when I um you know first learned about it is that that your pace that they were talking about how your pace is so much slower than it would be for, you know, like a road marathon. And so that was very intriguing to me because I was not a fast marathoner and I, I didn't really have the, the want to really, you know, go super fast. I liked the pace that I was going and I, I felt like if I slowed down even a little bit, I could have gotten a little further. Sure. Um, and so that that struck a chord with me so i started doing training runs as if they were training runs for an ultra so i would introduce more walks into my runs um because you have to i mean it really is all about pacing yourself when when you're doing an ultra you're not you know i know some people who do and they're really fast but (laughs) i would say for you know your everyday ultra runner like you have to be able to set yourself up for success and that you don't want to just like hit the pedal to the metal as soon as the gun goes off you want to just kind of cruise like you want to be able to have a conversation yeah and just find a pace that feels like i could do this forever forever um and then i know a lot of people who they have a strategy called the walk four minutes or run four minutes walk two minutes so they'll run four minutes then walk two minutes run four minutes walk two minutes Gotcha. And it's a perfect strategy. You can get a sub 24 hour hundred miler, which is a, a big, a big goal for a lot of people is to get under 24 hours. Um, but yeah. I would say that just because of um, the pace and the, the more laid back feel that you get in an ultra, that's what really made me fall in love with them because you're out there. I mean, the idea is for me, is that you're just going out on a really long adventure and it's going to hurt, but you know, just one step in front of the other and you're going to get there eventually. I think most people listening are going to hear a sub 24 hour, hundred miler and just think what, like their head won't even be able to wrap around. That just sounds like impossible. Have you been able to achieve that? Not yet, but uh, my last, um, my last hundred, I just, well, my last actual like race race, hundred I, I just did in Las Vegas. It was called the jackpot 100 and it, it's nuts because it's not only a hundred mile race, but it, it's on a two and a half mile loop. And oh. so, <laughs> oh yes. So you, which is great, you know, to logistically plan because you can have all your stuff yeah. at the aid station and you just keep coming back to it. You keep coming back to your home base and you yeah. just, you turn your brain off and you just go. I came very close to getting somewhere around like a 22, 23 hour mark, but around mile like 70 or 75, I want to say, I hit this one part of the pass really hard and something kind of snapped on my foot. Oh. And it's funny because I, I like, I wobbled my way back to the start finish area. And at that point I sat in the chair and I said, I'm done. Like my foot hurts. I'm done. And the person who I was there with, he came out from under the tent. He had already finished in like 15 hours. He, wow. he, he won the race by six hours, if that Jeez. says anything. He comes <laughs> out and he says, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm done. My foot hurts. And um, he's like, no, you're not done. I'll walk with you. So we did. We just kept doing um, walking loops. And eventually my foot felt okay that I could just keep going and keep going. But that that dream of the sub 24 hour mark was quickly vanishing, which was fine. At that point, I just wow. wanted to finish. That's and it's funny about It's funny about this race because I get to, I think I'm like the second or almost last lap and um, I get to the start finish here and I stop and I'm like, oh my God, I'm almost done. 
And as you, every time you, you cross the mat of the start finish, your name appears up on the, on the board um, to show like what number lap you're on. And a guy comes out from around the tent and he goes, are you Callie? And I said, yes. And he goes, do you know you're in third place right now? Wow. <laughs> and I said, what? So I took off. I just sprinted that last loop because I had no idea where fourth place was. Yeah. Um, and sure enough, I, I finished third place female so it was it was funny in that i was going for a big goal the goal slipped away and then a new goal yeah quickly approached and that's kind of what happens but incredible i love that story so um (laughs) i mean so you've got a new goal you've got a new goal which is okay sub 24 a 100 miler but you've got an even bigger goal coming up i do a lot of significance (laughs) can you tell our, our listeners a little bit more about that yeah, so like I, I said before, my theme has always been double or nothing. So after the marathon, I did a 50-miler. And then after that, I was like, all right, well, I have to do a 100-miler. So I did a 100-miler. And then I learned that I can keep going. <laughs> and I, I discovered the race called the Tahoe 200. And it's a part of a series, um, a three-race series, where first it's the Bigfoot 200, then it's the Tahoe 200, and then it's the Moab 240. Well, maybe one day. But um, I, I I looked at pictures of Tahoe. It, it's beautiful. And so this past year, I was like, all right, I think I'm going to get serious about this. And so I signed up to volunteer at the race last year. And I was out there for 10 days. And man, that's some hard work. Because <laughs> as a volunteer at one of these races, we were in charge. And I was working at headquarters. I was in charge of all 13 aid stations and everything that went on behind the scenes I was a part of. And so it was great. And that I got to learn everything that there was to know about this race. I was almost there like doing my research, you know? Yeah. Um, so now when I, when I go out there in September, I'll know what I'm getting myself into, <laughs> but it was great. And that I could, I, I know how to train for this race now, or at least I know a little bit better about how to train this, for this race. And, and I chose it because it's, you know, to lose 200 pounds, I've got to do the 200 miler. Um, so fingers crossed that I get the coveted 200, number 200 bib. We'll see. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the, that race starts hopefully um, on September 11th, which is a heck of a day to start a race. But yeah, yeah. I have 100 hours to complete it. And wow. it's not a flat race. <laughs> it's, it goes all around Lake Tahoe and you end up climbing 400,000 feet and then descending 400, 440,000 feet. Um, 40,000 up, 40,000 down. Um, so it's going to be, it's going to be tough if it, like I said, if it still happens, um, we haven't heard anything yet. Um, but I'm still training as if it's still going to happen, which is hard to do in Chicago because Chicago is very flat. Um, and the place that I was doing my incline training on a treadmill, I can't get into anymore. So right now I'm just focusing on, um, something else that's, that's a part of, what ultra runners do for their training runs is doing a lot of back-to-back long runs. Um, okay. So like on Saturday, so like when I was training for the marathon, I would do a, a really long run on Saturday and then like a very short run on, on Sunday. So like right. maybe I would do like my big one would be like the 20 miler on Saturday and then do like three or four on Sunday. Um, but nowadays I do my 20, 24 miler on Saturday and I do 20, 24 on, on Sunday. Because wow. the idea is, and it, it's not like, it's not about going fast, but it, the, the idea is just getting used to moving on very tired legs. Yeah. Um, cause you're, you, you do have it within you. You've just got to keep going and you've got to push through mentally. And I would say. Do you run during the week during that or, or I do, just yeah. on the weekend? Okay. Yeah. Um, what does a typical week run look like? How many miles? Well, usually, um, I would say between like 60 to 80 miles would be my norm. Um, but right now I've, I've signed up for, have you heard of the, the Barkley marathons? Um, no, I'm that new to running. (laughs) Okay. I was gonna say the crazy race that happens in Tennessee where you don't know the map of the race and, um, the elevation gain and loss would be like climbing and descending Mount Everest twice. There's a, there's a documentary wow. on it on Netflix. It's, it's, it's insane. I highly recommend. What's it called? It. Yeah. What's it it's called? called the Bar- yeah. It's called the Barkley marathons. Okay. It's in, it's insane. You'll love it. It's crazy. <laughs> it's <laughs> probably the craziest race out there. I would say hands down. 
Um, but the guy who created it is doing this virtual race and apparently 20,000 people have signed up for it and it's called the great virtual race across Tennessee. And so I've signed up for this along with many of my other friends, but we have from uh, May 1st until the end of August to go the distance across Tennessee, which is where the race director is from. And if you choose to, you can double that by doing the out and back. So you have to cross Tennessee and then go back, which equals um, 2000. I'm doing the 2000 (laughs) K. So usually people sign up for a 5k, 10k is the 2000 (laughs) K. So it'll end up being like 1242 or 72 miles or something like that, um, which would equal a little over 10 miles every day. So nowadays my training is, um, walking 10 miles on Monday, running 10 miles Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, walking maybe a little bit on Friday and then doing back-to-back long runs on um, Saturday, Sunday. It's unbelievable. And and you keep a full-time job during all of that. I do. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What's nice is that's cut out a lot of traveling time, uh, commuting time. So I I have picked, picked up some extra time to get runs in or walks in. Um, but yeah, I would say that's why when you ask, you know, what do you do for fun? I'm like, well, (laughs) yeah, there's no time for anything else. (laughs) No time, but I'm, I mean, most of my friends are runners. This is, this is what we all do. So sure. And, and that's, that was kind of leading to my next question. You have this, this group of friends that you've surrounded yourself with. And I think everyone can listening can relate that who you surround yourself with is, is sort of who you become. Uh, but is that how you've stayed motivated? I mean, even from the early stages when you were losing weight, I know that can be really, really mentally challenging. Mm-hmm. How did you stay motivated through all of that? And then even now, uh, through your ultra running? Yeah, I would say, um, well, just because I'm usually a pretty independent person, I was able to keep running in the beginning as just something that I did. And it was, it was my me thing. And, um, my friends thought I was crazy, but that was fine with me. <laughs> um, but as I kept getting more serious into it, that's when I looked into running clubs or running groups in the city. And there's a ton in Chicago. Um, I try and meet up with a few, maybe once or twice a week, um, just to stay connected to that environment, but also like hear what's going on in the city because there's races that pop up all the time. And that's, I, I hear about them from my running groups or running, um, crews and just staying a part of those conversations just really helps you stay motivated because you're hearing about what other people are doing or what they're training for they just you know had a race that weekend had a huge PR and it, it inspires you and motivates you and keeps you going I would say also just everyone I know on on Instagram or Facebook I've, I've over the years connected with so many runners and people who are way crazier than I am yeah um doing just insane stuff, especially right now. It's, it's, it's insane. And so motivating to see the um, challenges that people are setting themselves up for just because they want to, you know, it's not like a race. It's because they just want to challenge themselves and see what, see what their bodies can do and, you know, more power to them. Cause that's kind of, that's kind of been my thing too, is I, you know, I've, I've lived this very unhealthy life. And now I, now that I'm um, running, i my motivation comes from just like giving my body the chance to live. Um, cause I was not doing that before. Um, sure. I, I try and make myself feel more alive every day. If you, if you could see it that way. Well, what an excellent way to, to finish this conversation off. But I guess uh, the last two <laughs> questions I have for you, uh, is what advice do you have for people who, whether it's, they, they have a lot of weight to lose, or maybe it's something else that's keeping them from, from running. what advice do you have for those people? Yeah, I would say, um, just, just like I said earlier, set a small goal for yourself and, you know, just work towards that one small goal. Life can be so overwhelming, whether it be, you know, family or friends or your job. And this, if this is something that you really want to do, you got to put it pretty high on that pedestal. Um, when I decided to switch my priority from, you know, like one person or first place being my career to first place being my health, it was a huge shift, but eventually I learned how to balance both out. Um, but to get started when push came to shove, I really had to put my health above everything. Um, 
and just setting those small goals helped me get there. So I would say for anyone who wants to get started, like sign up for a virtual race right now. There's so many out there. And, and what's great about them is you could be in one city and be racing in a whole other city or a whole other part yeah. of the, the country. Yeah. Um, and it's fun because you, you connect with people all over the country, all over the world, um, just by like those hashtags online. Um, and it, it's fun to stay connected in that way. But I would say just set those small goals and and you know just have fun while you're doing it there's no need to suffer <laughs> just make sure that you're <laughs> exactly. having fun um and and connect with other people especially who are in the same mindset um because it's only going to help you stay motivated and inspire you to keep going as well well and that's one thing that i love so much about running is and, and your your story proves that is um you don't have to be an elite runner you find what your niche is you find what you enjoy and then you pursue that right? Absolutely. And, and there's a distance for everybody. There's a um, time for everybody. It's, it's running is not all about um, who can get there the fastest. So how can, how can people find you on online on social media? Yeah, I would say on Instagram is probably the easiest way. Um, my handle is California. So C-A-L-L-I-E underscore Fornia, F-O-R-I-R-N-I-A. Um, and then, like I said, I'm also on Strava. Um, but Awesome. I rarely use Twitter, but yeah, I would say Instagram for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's an awesome Instagram handle, by the way. Yes. So, I was surprised that it was available. <laughs> I, I know. Right. Well, thank you again so much for your time. We really Absolutely. appreciate it. And I know so many people will be motivated and inspired by your story. So thanks again. Awesome. And thanks so much. Have a great rest of your, Hey, it's, it's mother's day. I'm, I'm sure you've got um, busy plans. Well, you said your oh, mother's yeah. from Atlanta, right? Yeah, we actually did a virtual 5K together this morning, oh, <laughs> and nice. we we FaceTimed the entire time, so oh, it was awesome. it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, have a great Sunday evening, and we will catch up soon. Awesome, thank you so much. Wow, that was amazing. So much fun talking to her, and she's incredibly inspiring. Yeah. Mind blowing. I think the coolest, one of the coolest things, I mean, the whole thing was just insanely cool, but I loved how she talked about incorporating art into her runs on Strava, which is the, I actually didn't realize you could you do know that. You didn't know you could do that. It's, no, it's new to me too. But it totally makes sense because when you record a run, it shows like your path yeah. So how neat is that? I think I want to try that one day. Well, and she's doing so many miles that she can spell out entire phrases and words. And right. Whereas That's for us, it's cool. like, you know, we're only going. But how unique is that? That's pretty cool that someone would do that. It's think really about cool. that. Be so intentional about. Well, I love that she went runs. to art school. She literally had a Pam mm-hmm. Beasley experience. Pam Except Beasley. she passed art school. Pam failed art school. Yes, but she fell <laughs> but that was really cool. Um, what I loved about Callie's story is she's proven that weight should not be an obstacle to achieving your goals. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people look at themselves and say, well, I can't run. I am overweight. Um, but she was able to come up with a creative way to shed the pounds mm-hmm. all the while running. And, and the, the key there too, is she worked her way up. She didn't just go from being 200 pounds overweight to running a marathon the next year. I mean, it took her like four or five years to get to that point. So she was patient with herself. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. When she first started running, she looked at the Chicago marathon. Like, that's crazy. Like, how could I ever do something like that? And couldn't believe that people could actually do it. Yeah. You think about a full marathon when you don't run marathons, it's completely daunting. And that's kind of what she thought. But then- We look at her as she runs a hundred miles. Yeah, ultra marathons. I truly can say, Callie, if you're listening, I think that is crazy. But now I think that is crazy cool because she's just, I just want to be her. Yeah. She's just kind of broken the ceiling of, for me, what's, what's possible. Yeah. She shattered the ceiling, the glass ceiling. Absolutely. Yeah. Another thing that was really cool was that she, I think, I can say for both of us inspired us to meal prep. We did meal prep before when we lived in Massachusetts. We did a little bit of that. Yes. And especially this was before kids when we like had time to 
I mean, we can do it now, but I'm saying when we were intentional about our time, I think now it just reminds reminder to get back into it. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. No, I, I couldn't agree more with that. Um, I thought it was so interesting that she has gone from basically not being a runner to being a runner and, and actually being a pretty uh, successful athlete in her, oh, in her field. Yeah. She went, she got third place in that hundred miler that she ran. Um, that's pretty incredible. And, and it's amazing. Yeah. I mean, I think for you or I to go finish third place in many of our marathons, that would be like unheard of. No, I'm just talking about finishing. <laughs> right. Exactly. There's so, no place. They're just finishing for Mo. Well, and especially you talk about a hundred miler or a 200 miler. I mean, oh, let me goodness. just put this into perspective for everyone listening. When you're doing a 200 miler and you have 24 or you have a hundred hours to do it, that's almost the equivalent of running eight straight marathons. Eight. So you've got to do basically two a day because you have four days to, and those are all kind of round numbers, but. Eight full marathons in four days. Four days. It's crazy. The common theme that I noticed in talking to Callie and then Rhonda. Another amazing individual who I want to be. Yeah. Is that you need to make your goal your priority, Mm -hmm. whether it's running a marathon or or some other goal that you have in life, but you've got to put that at the top or near the top of your list. It's got to come before Netflix or sleep or some of the other things that, you know, occupy your time. And I think for a lot of us, we're not willing to make it a priority or sacrifice what we need to sacrifice. Exactly. So um, I've, I've got a renewed sense of motivation to make my fitness and my health kind of towards the top of, of my priority list. Yeah, absolutely. I think something that Callie helped me realize, and, and so did Rhonda, is that it's all connected, what you eat. Yes, 100%. How you run, how much sleep you get. like. Yeah, exactly. It's all connected into far you can go. Mm-hmm. How far I'll go. <laughs> Our daughter's obsessed with Moana, so thought I'd throw that in there. And speaking of movies... I thought I would say that the Barkley marathons that she mentioned, I hadn't heard of it when we talked. And then I watched the documentary on Amazon. Holy shnikes. It's awesome. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. I haven't seen this yet. I need to get on. You should. I also watched the Boston Marathon documentary on Prime. Oh, I don't know if I can watch that. It's not so much about the bombing. It's more so about like the whole from like from inception. Oh. Yeah. You'd really like it. Oh, okay. Yeah, good stuff out there. Yeah. Well, thank you everyone for listening. We love you guys. Thank you all. Sending all of our sunny love. From sunny Arizona, tuning out the Crummy Marathoners. Till next time. Follow us on Instagram at Crummy Marathoners. We'd love to hear your feedback and take any questions you might have. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you know when new episodes come out. And please leave us a five-star review so more people can join this runny journey with us. Our theme song is Change the World by Breck. You can find his music on Spotify. Search his name under B-R-E-K-K.